Well, Saturday, November 21st, a little weekend update, plenty to talk about, it's getting heavy. The uh, riot police getting ready in Atlanta, of course that's because they're afraid of the Stop the Steal pro-Trump rally, I'm sure. But no, it's going to start heating up in some of these cities, especially as Trump's attorneys start making some headway, and they did this week. We talked about the the press conference, which I thought was excellent. But really, we've been looking to see what has you know what was going to be shared after that. And I think Sidney Powell, we had hoped she'd take center stage, and I think she did at the press conference conference, and she's kept it ever since. And I'll I'll have some updates for you. She did a few interviews this week, some really really excellent interviews considering how busy she is. And she talks about that. I mean, when I say Trump legal team, you're talking about three or four lawyers and their few paralegals, all of whom are volunteering. You know, these legal funds are helpful. They cover costs, but these are, these are $500 an hour attorneys who are on retainer for big time clients that are like, you know, volunteering their time and their lives putting their reputations and their careers on the line and God bless them for doing it because this is, as we get into this, we, we can't ignore how massive this is for the future of our country. And, and every day we realize this happened. I mean, get over the fact that you don't want to believe it happened. They stole it and they stole it in many ways and they've done this before. And I think that's what people are scared of. When I say people, I mean the ruling class. And it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans. It's independents. People in power want to stay in power. And elections can be pretty annoying if you want to run, you know, a complete elite, almost monarchy, right? These damn elections, people exercising their right to remove you from office. How dare they? And so they rig them, right? And they can point fingers at Hugo Chavez and Maduro and... Raul Castro and all these guys, Fidel, they did the same thing here. And that's what Sidney Powell has pointed out with these Dominion systems. And it's rather horrifying if what she's saying is true. And I've listened to her every day trying to hear, you know, play devil's advocate and understand if she has any any shred of doubt in her voice and she doesn't. And I've come to a conclusion. It's one of two things. She's 100% correct, which I believe, or she's totally insane and lost her mind and no one around her knows it because she is making claims and talking about evidence that is absolutely chilling. And we'll talk about that. And there's also Georgia, you know, we, we've got Wisconsin now starting a recount. So Georgia had a recount and they basically counted all the ballots that were counted before, which is a recount, right? So recounts are just a double check. And when people say only 100 to 200 votes, maybe 1,000 are ever found, they're absolutely right. It, recounts typically are just looking for potential clerical errors in an extremely close election. Except with this recount, a few thousand votes were found. And it's amazing that that doesn't create enough suspicion for an immediate next step. It took a couple days, and you probably heard yesterday, Friday, Georgia uh, certified their election. That goes through the Secretary of State's office, this guy Raffenberger, who's been a mess. He's been wanting to rush this because it comes back on him if fraud occurred. The Secretary of State of these states 
are ultimately accountable for the elections. And so he certified yesterday this Raffenberger character. And I didn't know this, but at, at the time I realized the governor had to, but by law he has to. So Kemp, the governor of Georgia, he certified. But then this morning came out and said, hey, we need to do an audit. There's something wrong here. That's me paraphrasing. Good for him. That is critical. So as I'm learning, these certifications are not the end-all be-all. It's not the end of the line. It doesn't mean really anything compared to December 14th when all of these uh, elections have to be certified and the elect the electors are selected. And in all tradition, it always goes the way the votes went. This time, it's not. I, I just don't see how it can happen. The clock's ticking. But look at Georgia. You got the governor today now saying, okay, we got we to gotta audit. We got to look at every ballot. There's something wrong. You've got states like Nevada that have more votes cast than ballots. And I think the number that just came out was around 77,000. So that's a big red flag in Nevada. And, and, and Rudy talked about Nevada a little bit in the press conference, but he had covered so much with Pennsylvania and Michigan. It was just hard to get to Nevada and Georgia in detail because I think he wanted to go about 30 to 45 minutes and then hand it over to Sidney Powell because what she has with Dominion is equally, if not more disturbing. And I think Jen Ellis did a fantastic job closing that out. So, excuse me, let's look back at, uh, by the way, it's extremely unprofessional. I know I'm new to this and getting used to the radio podcast thing, but I'm actually using a little different mic setup today. I'm on the road, so bear with me. Um, I'll be back in the air quotes studio uh, on Monday, it looks like. But um, yeah, so Georgia is is now going, looks like it's going to be audited. There's going to be some good legal action there from Lynn Wood's office. And the whole point of Georgia is looking at signatures, right? Matching signatures, which is what should have been done in the beginning. Apparently, the Secretary of State, and, and this has happened in other states, they try to change these election rules uh, through the courts or just themselves as the election approaches, and that's not constitutional. The state legislatures make the election law. They decide the place, the time, they control these election rules. And when you get into mail-in balloting and mail-in ballots, they are the ones who decide if there is a signature requirement and how these signatures are matched. And that has to happen. And these witnesses that have come forward and signed affidavits on these particular issues have stated that signature matching was selective, if not done at all. And that's the problem with we get into now equal protection. You have more accurate, more detailed signature matching occurring uh, in Red County. So you got people really looking at it, doing what they're supposed to do, maybe too much, maybe overdoing it in a Red County in a state like Georgia or Pennsylvania. But then you get into the Atlanta and Philadelphia areas and they're barely doing it. That's not fair. Your vote in the Red Counties were not treated the same as a vote in the Blue Counties. And that's one of the parts of the lawsuit as well. Right now, Lynn Wood is taking it to the 11th Circuit Court. That is an appeals court. The way it works is there's multiple judges, and they will select three. And I believe if he wants, he can actually go to the whole circuit, which I think is in the 15 or dozen range. But I, I you know, I think it's just going to be three judges that will look at these the Georgia uh, legal case from Lynn Wood around signature matching and. Um, and also ballot curing, right? Having a different standard to look at the ballots and signatures. Now this of course will 
um, if, if the legal action is required, I think it is, even though the governor's asking for an audit, I think they still have to go through the courts. And it certainly helps when the governor of the state is asking you to, um, asking you to commit, you know, that saying the audit's needed. I think that helps um, push the fact that uh, these secretaries of state acted unconstitutionally and if they if they change the requirement in any way, which we know happened in Pennsylvania, and that's the crux of that legal case that Giuliani's pushing. Um, so moving on, if we want to look and talk about Wisconsin now. In Wisconsin, you have an actual audit recount going on right now. You can probably see pictures. They have people separated by plexiglass looking at each ballot. So we really have to believe that audit in Wisconsin is going to show something. It really, it really needs to, if what the accusations are in Wisconsin are true, right? You have all these affidavits, uh, you know, uh, accusing all kinds of impropriety. You've got the dominion factor there. So there's going to be something off in that audit if they're actually looking at ballots. One of the accusations from a number of people, and this is in multiple states, are these mail-in ballots that are not folded, have no creases. So they're supposedly mail, mailed in. They have perfect circles in the bubbles, like no, no outside the lines, absolutely perfect. I mean, if you gave me 50 tries, I could probably pull that off once. So these are clearly filled out by a machine, run through some kind of machine that scans and fills it out, and then thrown in a pile and shipped to these counting centers. No folds, no creases, but supposedly a mail-in ballot. Multiple witnesses uh, attesting under oath that they saw that in multiple states. So that's something you're going to have to see in these audits is people calling that out. The problem with this Wisconsin audit and with a lot of these is you have like one person on the Republican side covering 10 tables. And you know these people aren't going to be taking their time. They're going to be moving through this quick. So hopefully these poor observers can catch enough to show pattern. They're not going to catch every one, right? But if they catch a few thousand and these ballots look fraudulent, I don't see how Wisconsin certifies. It takes you back to Michigan, where it's only one county, but it's the biggest county, Wayne County. And I hope you saw the interview, or at least there's been a couple of these two very brave Republican uh, uh, canvassers that were pressured to certify Wayne County and now have rescinded their vote to certify. And they have explained something very interesting. The, the, I heard the young lady, I forget her name, but she's one of the two. She did a great impromptu interview out in front of the, um, one of the election offices yesterday. And I heard it uh, in detail. She was wonderful. And she explained about these out of balance and balance concepts. And the focus is the idea of the, the books, the ballot books, not only being out of balance, but also out of balance without an explanation, right? Or unexplained is what she said. And that was key because she said 70% of those ballot books were not only out of balance, but they were out of balance unexplained, meaning there wasn't some small clerical issue that they could write off a couple votes that were cast without match. This was, you know, you get into each of these batches of ballots. There was 30 here, 40 here. All of a sudden, most of the precincts in Wayne County are out of balance. There's no explanation. So they couldn't certify. And that's where they are now. And she was great. She was saying, this isn't about the presidential election. This could really, even if it's a small number, will affect local elections. So she took the heat as much as she can off of the presidential side. But the reporters could not let go. They were 
they were they were fairly polite. She did a great job. She talked about her conversation with the president. They were trying to bait her to say that it was, uh, you know, where she was potentially coerced. And she said, absolutely not. He was graciously checking to see how I was doing. And that was it. Because he'd heard about the threats. And you could tell she was emotional. She talked about those. And she she really emphasized her fear for her daughter, which most of us parents can understand. It wasn't the threats towards her, her husband, or people she worked with. People were threatening her family. Her husband was extremely scared the night of um, of the certification when she didn't vote to certify and actually had a friend of his escort her to her car. He was really worried. So this was real for her. And she initially had certified under duress, but also with the promise that there would be an audit, which as soon as she signed to certify, and by the way, she got that promise in writing, which was huge. And of course, once she certified, they pulled that back and said they weren't going to do it. So that really, obviously through her and her counterpart, who also was pressured to rescind their votes. And that's big, right? So as of right now, Michigan cannot certify because Wayne County has not certified. And Wayne County, Wayne County is Detroit. And that's where this, this is where the rubber meets the road in Michigan. That's really all that matters is what happened in Detroit. Just like we need to know what happened in Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Atlanta. And then, of course, we can move on because Rudy mentioned Virginia, New Mexico. We're now seeing, like I mentioned before, a severe inconsistency in Nevada. And then you have the Arizona governor saying he's not going to certify until all the cases are out of court, until things are either all dismissed, closed, whatever. So there's a real battle lining up and you need to be ready for this. I think we are starting to gain favor. We meaning Team Trump, right? The people, or I'd like to say, the people that want fair and free elections. But in, of course, that's not that's not going to be anyone from the left or anyone who wants to hold on to power, which we're sort of going to see, I think, um, more some, well, some Republicans stepping up and helping others fading, right? Maybe, you know, we saw, I'm wondering about Lindsey Graham. We saw him step up in the beginning, donated some money. Now I'm not hearing from him much. And then we see him fist bump. Kamala Harris on the Senate floor last week, and that threw people into into an absolute tantrum online. And I can understand it a bit because she is not somebody we want to see our people associating with. I'm sorry, we're not down with this unity thing because we know it's not sincere. We know it's just a ploy to get us to shut up and to pressure President Trump to concede the election, which he's not going to do. So, um, you know, all of these states, you're going to see the actual Trump team cases coming forward. You're probably getting browbeat, browbeaten with news updates from, you know, whomever might still be updating on your phone and sending little snippets of information like the CNNs. They're going to tell you all these legal cases have been dismissed. These are private cases from private citizens, some of which um, the one in Michigan is Constantino versus Detroit. That one is backed and supported by the Trump team, but most of these weren't, and a lot of them have been thrown out. Um, it, it really it really does not matter. The real cases are happening um, in these states and are being uh, filed directly by the Trump team. Those are the ones to watch for. And there's a, there's a, there's a handful, right? So 11th Circuit Appeals in, in Georgia is one we need to watch. Uh, Rudy's in Pennsylvania, and then um, also he's got Jenna Ellis and others in Michigan. And Pennsylvania is really interesting because the Republicans 
in Pennsylvania. We'll focus there for a minute. They had a hearing scheduled yesterday. So they, they own the House, right? Republicans have a majority in the state House uh, in Pennsylvania. And they had a hearing to give Dominion a chance to go on the record. And they had questions. It's like, there's some, you know, really serious accusations here. And Dominion was scheduled to be at this hearing and they no-showed, they backed out. Not a good look for Dominion when at the same time, they're all purging their online records. You, you could hardly find anybody on LinkedIn or any website that has associated uh, with Dominion in any professional way at all. They, it's almost like they don't exist because that's what they want. And at the same time, almost immediately, their legal team dropped them. So the, the firm that they had retained to for their defense in these cases to act on their behalf dropped them which is not a common thing it really we're left to speculate why but within a couple hours you have dominion no showing because they clearly don't want to be under oath answering questions about the reliability of their systems or what can and cannot be done and we'll we'll cover that for a few minutes because uh sydney powell's been sharing more more of those details but these guys no show, and then an hour later, it's online. The the, the letter uh, furnished by their attorneys saying, "Hey, we're not going to represent them anymore. We're dropping them." That's not that's a big deal, and so Dominion's not looking good. You have these incredibly, uh, I mean, just unimaginable allegations and accusations from Sidney Powell, and if these <laughs> were not true, if there was no truth to them. I feel like the response from Dominion would be one of outrage and almost of humor. Like, this is a joke. I mean, this is right out of, you know, some conspiracy theory, Mission Impossible. That hasn't been the case. And then they don't even show up to, to say anything. And so, you know, you, you're looking at what Sidney Powell said yesterday. And, and, you know, you take the press conference. She brushed over these things. There were details, but she had to move quick. She was on a couple radio shows yesterday, and a few things really jumped out. One is that she has sworn witnesses who not only signed off on what they experienced, but people that had online remote access to what Dominion was doing, what the system or the algorithm, it either could have been a person or this automatic algorithm. But these people who have contributed to Trump's legal team to Sidney Powell have pictures in real time, this is Sidney Powell's words, of votes being changed remotely right so they can see this now whether it was actually they, they could have been these votes could have been changed at the poll stations but these are people who claimed they could access remotely like from their home or from their office and my thought was well i didn't know i've i've heard differently this week but i didn't think these voting systems dominion or otherwise could be accessed remotely well turns out and this is really really rather frightening. In March of this year, March 2020, the state of Illinois approved, and this the video of this approval is available online. Their hearing was available. The state leadership of Illinois approved remote access for Dominion in their election. They approved it. So it has the capability, and I didn't know this until a couple days ago, because you can actually go to the Dominion voting system manual and read about all their great capabilities, which include remote access which we know Illinois approved, who else approved? And it also includes the ability to manually change votes, to change results. It's part of their, it's part of their features. It's almost sold as like a, a lead benefit of having the system. And 
this is in line with what Sidney Powell said when she talked about dragging and dropping of votes, totally deleting them, changing them, that this was done manually to cook the ballot books. So not just by some preloaded algorithm, you can have someone do it by hand at the polling station or possibly remotely. You add the fact that servers running everything live on voting night, so the servers they were using for these Dominion systems are located overseas and being managed by a company that is bankrupt, going out of business named Skydle. It gets pretty exciting because now Powell, she's saying that those servers were apprehended and she's sounding more confident that the government has them and is investigating them. But that's all she's got when it comes to actual criminal investigation. And you can tell she's pretty upset, as am I, and I'm sure you are, that the only thing happening in this Dominion case is from the civil side. That to her knowledge, or to anyone's knowledge, the FBI nor the DOJ is investigating any of these people, arresting anyone. I mean, Rudy Giuliani said it in another interview. He said, I was a prosecutor. There's more than enough here for arrest warrants, right, to pick people up. He's, they're all stunned. And the only answer I'm left with is at the top where the corruption is, they're in on it. I mean, you, you don't want to start pointing fingers at the field agents, the good people in law enforcement that do the job hands-on. But we know as we start getting up the food chain and you get into places like Washington, D.C., where the James Comeys live, or the Brennans, or the, the uh, what's it, Clappers. I mean, these guys are, are pathetic, milk-toast administrators who become more politicians than they do law enforcement officers. So maybe that's why William Barr is not involved. Maybe this is one of those closed-door things where they said, guys, this goes beyond 2020. If this curtain comes down, this iron curtain that we've existed behind, and Trump wins this, they're not only going to learn about 2020, they're going to learn about X, Y, and Z, and whatever, 2016, 2012. They're saying it's been used before. This has been done before. Think about what would happen if Obama's presidency one of his elections were exposed as benefiting from some voting system, voting software manipulation to change the results. Think about that. If you're in their shoes and you're part of the ruling class and you're in power right now, you're done if we find out, if Americans find out. Nobody who's sitting in office in any kind of position involving any kind of oversight or law enforcement will survive. There's just no way. And they know it. And they know it would be an absolute reckoning. And it's it's tasty when we talk about it. We want it bad. And maybe Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and the team are the ones to do it. I, I actually have a pretty good feeling. I know there's a lot of scare tactics about the timing or how much time is left. Anytime you you hear a talking head, they go, well, you know, the clock's ticking. It just may be too late. You think, you know what, you son of a bitch, you're telling me it's too late to get my stolen property back, that I'm supposed to be the one burdened by time because some state wants to rush a certification on November 20th or December 1st? Kiss my ass. That's ridiculous. And we, we're not going to stand for it. And there's, there's a constitution and a Supreme Court for a reason. And... It got real interesting yesterday. There's a lot went down. I, mean, I read all these notes down. I think this is just crazy because it's day to day. Did you see the redistricting of the Supreme Court? I'm learning a little bit more about this myself, but 
each of the nine Supreme Court justices have their own district or jurisdiction that they individually oversee, that they can advise before a case actually comes to the Supreme Court. And I'm going off the top of my head here, um, but I saw it's effective as of yesterday. You have Kavanaugh over Michigan, for instance, and the one you see a lot of great memes with Clarence Thomas. He's now over Georgia. So they, they have some oversight and influence, just like Alito did with Pennsylvania, when last week he ordered Pennsylvania to separate all the ballots that came in after 8 p.m. on November 3rd, after Election Day. That was his move to do that. That was like the first step to show, hey, something's up here. And it's relevant because Trump did win a case. It only involved, I say only, a couple thousand votes in Allegheny County. This came out yesterday, but they won. Those votes were thrown out. 2,000 plus votes in Allegheny County yesterday thrown out because of improper timing. They came in late, absentee. They're not legal. So that's a good precedent uh, in favor of Giuliani's case talking about illegal ballots, whether they be ballots that couldn't be observed by a Republican or they came in late, they weren't filled out. You couple that with all this witness testimony that um, people were filling out ballots, backdating them. There's a case there too. This is not just Dominion. You've got all this illegal balloting um, happening, illegal votes that need to come come to light. And they've got a case if they can get in front of the Supreme Court. And that's the journey we're going through right now. Because either way, these these district court wins, appeals courts, they're just moving up the chain. It's going, it's going to SCOTUS. It's going to the Supreme Court. There's no way around it. And that's what we want. The Supreme Court has to see all of this and, and see that there's just systematic, widespread fraud. It's hard to believe how centrally run and led it was, but that's what Giuliani's alleging. Well, that's the first thing he talked about is these up to 10 states were coordinated, that this was done, but not, you know, not just the, not really the entire states. They focused though on these big, large urban population centers where one, they'd have enough votes, right? Almost like they could launder them because there's just so many people. They can just wash them in there and they could blend. They also did it because they were already corrupt. They know who to work with. They know they, they can, or they thought they could get away with it. And as Sidney Powell reiterated yesterday, she said this a few times, the only, the only reason they didn't get away with it is the Trump support, the votes for Trump broke the system. They were, they were in so much, in, in so many, such volume that the algorithms and the system adjustments alone couldn't cover the spread, couldn't cover what they needed for Biden to win. That's why we got into these midnight stops, right? The shutdowns. That's what keyed the guy that used to work for Dominion in to know what was happening. And that's why he's a material witness now for Sidney Powell and the Trump team. So, you know, it's it's great news to see this evidence start to be shared. You probably heard a little bit about the feud between Tucker Carlson and Sidney Powell. I, I'm trying not to be biased, but as I listen to Sidney Powell share what she wanted to share, and how she was treated by Tucker. She's saying he was arrogant, he was negative and unprofessional. I'm siding with her a bit in this kind of fiasco between her and Tucker Carlson because she's given about a half dozen solid interviews with other people to include uh, the gentleman, I'm drawing a blank, Lou Dobbs on Fox Business, sharing all kinds of information, answering tough questions. And yet she's not on Tucker and people like, well, why wouldn't you go on Tucker? Well, one, I don't think they're too thrilled with Fox News right now after what they did with calling Arizona. And I think she's probably not interested in 
playing by Tucker's rules and going on there and, and giving up everything. It sounds like he wanted her to lay out the entire case, and that's not something you do in a certain, you know, in something that could potentially be a criminal case, right? You do not want to taint jury pools. You don't want to put so much information out there that you create bias uh, before a case is even tried. So Sydney knows, knows what she's doing, right? And she knows not to share everything. If you hear any of her recent interviews in the last 24 hours, you will have no doubt that she has enough to bring the whole thing down. I, I don't, I've listened to one interview twice just to get through my head. It was via the Washington Examiner. It was yesterday, it was an AM radio interview and you can easily find it. Um, it was, it's just solid. It's where she talks about the pictures in real time of people who are now witnesses for her saying, this is what it looks like when the votes are changed. It's staggering what she's assessing. And I'll agree with Tucker on one thing. If she's telling the truth, she has exposed the greatest crime in the history of our country and maybe of the world. I mean, the volume of this, the impact, even if it was just 2020, is truly staggering. And it is an exciting thing to know we might be a part of seeing that system burn, seeing it come down. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, although we will be justified, justice doesn't matter when you're talking about the radical left. They are perpetually oppressed. Okay, we know this. No matter what's happening, they are the ones who are being taken advantage of. And this will be labeled as a steal. Trump will again be an illegitimate president and they will not care about evidence. They will not talk about it. I mean, you could see the world's most detailed, exciting PowerPoint full with animations, with evidence, come from Sidney Powell and Giuliani and the left and their media sycophants will not take one look at it and will not agree that it was actually a crime. They won't do it. They're too entrenched. They're desperate for power. They're more desperate to get rid of Donald Trump. And that's what they'll focus, focus on. They don't care. They won't care that Trump actually won because we're stupid for voting for him and we had no right to do so. We should do what they tell us. And that's what will really upset them is if the evidence is strong enough and this is overturned, it will be because Donald Trump won in a landslide. And that will make them extremely angry because once and for all, they will realize they've lost total influence over us. And that's an exciting thing. If you've noticed, I've not gone down the road of what if it doesn't happen. I'm having a hard time even considering what I will believe in this country if our legal process, our constitution cannot work in this situation. This is what it was written for. Our founding fathers designed the electoral college and designed the system to go to the state legislators because of what's happening right now. And it isn't just domestic influence and it isn't just democrats it's republicans sydney powell talks about that but it's also foreign and i almost missed it in my notes but she mentioned a number of countries in the interview yesterday that were influencing via dominion in this election and that's key because foreign influence triggers a number of executive presidential actions that trump has at his disposal so be confident the big Don is working this. It, you know, he's been quiet, sending a few tweets, but he has an executive order from two years ago that he signed into law that gives him an extensive amount of power via the Department of Homeland Security. And I believe the Pentagon, who, by the way, have all new leadership now, 
He's got a lot he can do once he can prove there's foreign influence in this election, which I believe Sidney Powell will prove. She said she's going to have legal action going in regarding Dominion at the end of next week, so the Friday after Thanksgiving. She says she's still getting evidence, and she's just got to compile it, and she's adamant it's going in next week. But in parallel, something has to be done criminally. It has to be through Department of Homeland Security or the DOJ, and I've got to think Trump is playing some 4D chess on this, and we hope we can see that at the same time we see these civil suits go to court and start getting these states to realize that they can't certify their electors. And if they can't, if Joe Biden cannot get to 270 via the traditional electoral college, so for example, if Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan, or Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin fail to certify no one has 270 electoral votes. Then it goes to each state. They select a delegate, right? They will pick somebody. There will be 50, and it will be favored to the Republicans and Trump as president. That system is designed to save our country if a group of people, if countries try to steal our election. It's in place. I will have absolutely no faith moving forward. I don't see how I will if that process cannot at least be initiated. I mean, we can't guarantee the outcome, but to see this, to not see this in court, to not see this case tried, other than in the court of public opinion, which is almost impossible when you have a complete corrupt and biased media, but they're doing their damn best. I'll give them credit, getting the word out there and at least rallying the troops on the Trump side. And that's important. And you're going to see them out big time this weekend, especially in places like Atlanta. And then as these states get closer to their certification dates, you're going to see more and more people. And I encourage you, if you're in one of these battleground states, bring people down there. This does matter. Uh, judges see this. Circuit court judges see this. The Supreme Court justices see this. Republicans see it, meaning Republican politicians, people that think they're going to run for office and gain your vote after this. Well, they better shut their mouths if they're going to try to go against Trump on this. They better get on board. They better be on Team Trump because that's how we're voting moving forward no matter what happens with this election. But we got to see our day in court. I'm getting more and more confident. You've heard me say this before every day that we will have faith in Giuliani, in Powell, and in Ellis. She's a superstar. And, and, and Lynn Wood. I mean, if you're following that guy on Twitter or on Parler, he's incredible. He is in this for all the right reasons. Like Powell, like Giuliani, he has put everything on the line. It's the only thing he's doing right now. We are incredibly blessed. We are fortunate to have these people, these patriots, going and doing and what I'm saying is God's work on this because this election was stolen, and I think they can prove it. Thanks again for tuning in. Like I said, it's Saturday, November 21st. I will do probably do another weekend, if not uh, Monday for sure, uh, broadcast. And again, if you have questions or want uh, to add anything, the email is eipnet1776 at gmail.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Take care.